Okay, so we're going to be in Acts chapter 20, just in verse 35 this morning. And we are in the third week in our series called God is Not Santa Claus. God is Not Santa Claus. Today we're talking about the season of giving. That's what it is, right? It's all about presents, all about gifts. It's the season of giving. At least that's what our world would come to see. You know, in this whole series we've been talking about... um, how God is not Santa Claus, and we started out, I know it's a little weird for a Christmas series to do that, but it's some bad theology people have, bad theology. Whether they're Christians or, or have pushed away and, and say they don't believe in God, there's some bad theology about God, and it's because people tie God to Santa Claus. Really. People think, oh, believing in God is like believing in Santa Claus, and that was our first message in this series. But we learned that's not true at all. Believing in God is completely different than believing in Santa Claus, because... Our faith is based on a real man, not a myth. Uh, Not a myth. And then in the second week, we talked about prayer. And what I think is the saddest thing about this childish, infantile theology that a lot of people have, this view of God, it's like Santa Claus, is that they reject God, even though they don't understand him. But we learned last week that God isn't like Santa Claus in how he answers your prayers. You have this wish list or like a genie and say, oh, this is what I want. And, and because when people think that way, when they don't get what they want in prayer, they abandon God. And I've known people who have rejected God because their prayers weren't answered. But we learned last week that God is different than Santa Claus. He's different than genie. He's not your personal assistant getting everything you want. Instead, God is like our father, a dad who loves us and wants to give us the best gifts even when it's not exactly what we asked for. And that's what we learned last week. And today, we're going to talk about giving and generosity. And the reason is because with the idea of Santa Claus, so much of our focus gets on getting. That becomes the focus of this season, is how much I can get, what presents am I getting, what's for me in the stocking under the tree. And we train kids like that from a very young age. But that's not what this is supposed to be about. The heart of Christmas is giving. Is giving, and that's what we're going to learn today. Has anybody in here ever been disappointed by a gift they got? Let's be honest. Yeah, I can see a few hands. I remember when I was young, my older brother and I had this present under the tree, and it was huge. Huge. It was the biggest Christmas present I'd ever seen. It was a big box, right? And it was there like at the beginning of December. Uh, it had been sent to us, and it was sitting there, and I was like, whoa, what is this? This is the biggest present I've ever gotten. What's in there? And my mind is racing. For a whole month, I was thinking about what could be in this box. It was going to be so good. And I remember my brother John and I opening that on Christmas morning, and it was this rack that you hang up in the garage and put stuff on. Now, today I might be happy to receive something like that. It's very practical and useful. But at the time, I was like, are you kidding me? This is all it is? This is all it is? A rack? I mean, it, it just, my expectations were so high about what I would get. And this, this idea, this expectation you have for what your gifts are going to be is just like drilled into you now by our culture. You see all these commercials. I mean, they even have SUVs wrapped in bows. Oh, look what you're going to get this Christmas. It's all about the gifts you're going to get, how big they're going to be, how many they are. And then you get your mind to think that way. But that's a childish view of what Christmas is supposed to be about because it's not about what you can get, but what you can give. And what we're going to learn today, our big idea, is to choose giving over getting because through that, you'll get more than you ever gave. Choose giving over getting and you'll get more than you ever gave. Interesting there. It's kind of a paradox that the Bible talks about with giving and generosity. And we're talking about giving anything. So whether it's your time, whether it's your energy, whether it's your focus, whether it's your money, your love, when you give... When we choose giving over getting, you'll end up getting more than you ever gave. 
It's a paradox that comes with giving. So let's read our verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul is speaking to a church in Ephesus, and he says this, In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work that we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. You've probably heard those words before. So this message that Paul is giving here is to the Ephesian church. Now, he loved this church. He helped start this church. He knew them very well. He stayed with them for a few years, but he knew he was going to leave and probably never see them again in his life. So he's saying, hey, when I was with you, I showed you and taught you through my life and my example that it's about giving, not receiving. It's about giving, not getting. And he said, I I showed you this by my life. And he was like the the founding pastor of this church. And he says, you didn't have to pay me this whole time because I wanted you to see it's about me giving. And that's what he did to help start this church because they didn't have the money at first. So he said, I gave my whole life. I gave everything I could for years to you. And I want you to go do likewise. And then he quotes the words of Jesus. Now, these are interesting words because they're not found anywhere in the four Gospels, the four accounts we have of Jesus. You know, in the end of the Gospel of John, we read that all the books in the world couldn't contain the things that Jesus said and did. So there's a lot that he said that, of course, wasn't written down. We have four amazing Gospel accounts of Jesus. But here's this little extra saying that we get, passed down by the Apostle Paul. And he's quoting Jesus when Jesus said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. And those words are what I want to focus on this morning. Because what's interesting about them is that paradox. Jesus says, if you want to be more blessed, if you want to be happier, that word could be translated happier, if you want the best, something better than what you have right now, you should give. It's interesting because he says he focuses on yourself because that's kind of what we do, isn't it? Jesus says that when, when he taught us to love our neighbors, what did he say? As yourself. <laughs> Because that's the focus. We all have that focus. And he says, that's okay. Have that focus. But the best way to get blessing for yourself, the best way to serve yourself and get the best for yourself is to give. It's this paradox of giving. And that's why I'm challenging you to choose giving over getting and you'll get more than you ever gave. There was a big study done by Christian Smith and Hillary Davidson a few years ago who are sociologists and they study generosity and giving. And they wrote it up in this book called The Paradox of generosity. And in it, they found that those who give their time and their money have more happiness, health, and purpose in their lives. More happiness, health, and purpose. Those who give. It's so interesting. I find the health thing so interesting because they found that those who tithe, that give away a percentage of their income every paycheck, every month, those who tithe are healthier than those who don't. You can kind of try to figure out why that is, but it's interesting. But there's that connection. Another thing is that people who volunteer, who give away their time, have more happiness than those who don't volunteer. For a lot of people, they found that it doubles the percentage of people that are happy if they give, whether time, money, or their lives. That's the paradox of giving. John Piper said that no amount of getting can satisfy the soul until it overflows in giving. Until it overflows in giving. See, that's the paradox. That's the amazing thing about giving is that you end up getting back more than you ever gave. And that's what our message is about today. That's what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we're going to see six different reasons why I want you to choose giving over getting. But some of you right now are really struggling with this whole concept. You're thinking, that seems kind of self 
interested. It focuses on itself, and we're not supposed to do that. Aren't we supposed to be selfless? But that very concept is not biblical. We are supposed to give. We are supposed to serve others. But we do that to get the best for ourselves, too. The idea that you have to be completely selfless in giving comes from a philosopher by the name of Immanuel Kant. Really, it's not in the Bible. It's this philosophy that's been mixed in to Christianity, sadly. And you'll find people who are saying, you have to be completely selfish. If you even take joy or happiness in the giving, you've done it wrong. No, that's not in the Bible. That's Kant. Okay? That's not biblical. And this was illustrated really well a few uh, years ago, about a decade ago, in an episode of the TV show Friends. There was an episode when Phoebe was trying to give and do an act selflessly. And she kept trying to do stuff to serve other people and selflessly. And every time she got something out of it, always there was these benefits to her. And she struggled. I guess there is no selfless good deed. Because there isn't. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's Kant. That's a philosopher. That's not the Bible. And I'm going to show you the are six reasons today that are very biblical. Even the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed. Who's the blessing for? Yes, other people receive a blessing, but you do as well. So that's why we're going to see today that I want you to choose giving over getting. So here's the six reasons to choose giving over getting. Number one, giving is rewarding. Giving is rewarding. Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, 4, your giving should be done in secret. Your father can see what is done in secret and he will reward you. This is Jesus saying that. Do it for the reward. He's teaching in particular about giving in secret here because a lot of people would give and they'd make these huge donations and say, oh, look how much I gave so that they would get the acclaim of other people. And he's saying, don't try to get the acclaim and praise of other people. Get the acclaim and praise of your father in heaven. He wants to reward you if you give for him. If you give for him. So there are rewards, and we're supposed to think of those rewards. Now, we don't know exactly what those rewards will entail, but we are told to think about them and aim for them and try to get more rewards, whether they're in this life or the one to come. You know, a lot of studies have shown that children that succeed in life are the ones who learn delayed gratification. There's a lot of studies that have shown this. That kids that, that do poorly, uh, de- independent of demographic stuff, it, it's the kids that learn delayed gratification. So the kids that learn, okay, I, I've got to work hard before I can get paid. So that paycheck, we're having to wait for the paycheck, or having to save up for months and months to buy something. The kids that learn that do the best in life. I think for individuals, it's even better for Christians in particular to learn to delay our gratification, sometimes even beyond the grave. There are eternal rewards. And we have to learn how to delay our gratifications and say, I might not even get it in this life, but it's going to be worth it. That's the best, and that's why we should aim for those rewards. Why we should choose getting, giving over getting. In Malachi 3.10, there's this amazing promise for God. He says, bring the whole tithe, which is a tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's a pretty amazing promise, isn't it? He's not saying that you're going to get rich. Now, I want to say that very clearly. God does not say, if you give, you're going to get rich. Every once in a while, you will hear um, preachers say this, and they're lying. It's a lie from the devil, seriously. You may get rich, but God is not promising you a Maserati. He's not promising you a mansion. He's not promising you an easy life. He's not. 
He's saying, though, you will get even more blessings and more reward if you give. So that's why I'm challenging you that. Jonathan Edwards, the great American theologian, talking about giving and generosity, said, There is scarcely any duty spoken of throughout the Bible that has so many promises of reward as this, whether for this world or the world to come. Giving and generosity has more blessings and promises of God attached to it than any other command in the entire Bible. Pretty amazing, huh? That's why we need to choose giving over getting. So that's the first one. It's rewarding. Here's the second one. Giving is joy. Giving is joy. There's joy and true happiness attached to giving and generosity. And that's what I mean by joy. Joy is the deepest, truest kind of happiness. It's not a happiness that is here today, gone tomorrow. It's a, it's a happiness that can even go through the most difficult trials of our lives. That's the kind of joy that I'm talking about. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 9.7, we read, Each one should give as he has determined in his heart, not reluctantly under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to be happy in our giving. And this is true happiness that he has for us if we give. If we give. What's amazing with, with these first two points is we see Jesus as the best example of this. Because Jesus gave everything. He gave everything. His whole life he served others. He spent time with people who were kind of idiots sometimes. But he loved them. He trained them. And then they, when they rejected him, he still gave his life on the cross. And it says an interesting thing. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus knew that for himself and for the joy of the whole world, he would have to die. He would have to give even more. So we have that example. Jesus wasn't rich in this life, but he got more rewards, even if it's on the other side of the grave. That's why we choose joy. A few years ago, there was a man named Chad in Michigan. And Chad had an extra Christmas tree. He had an extra Christmas tree and he didn't know what to do with it. So he took out an ad on Craigslist and said, anybody who needs a Christmas tree this year, you can have mine. Just send me an email. Well, he got 40 emails from families in need that couldn't afford a Christmas tree. One family had six kids living at home and, and they said, we have two birthdays around Christmas. We just can't even afford a Christmas tree for sure. There's no way we can do it. So every year we take a piece of paper and we put it up on the wall and we draw a Christmas tree. That's what this family did. So they asked, could, could you give us your Christmas tree? Well, another family um, wrote in. It was a single mom and she talked about her daughter and that um, they wanted a Christmas tree and, and her mom had to just explain to the daughter, you know, Christmas isn't about a tree. It's not. But then she wrote in the letter, but I really want one. I really would like a Christmas tree and we just can't afford it this year. And she said, but whoever you choose, whoever you choose, that's awesome. You're doing a great thing. Well, this guy got these 40 different emails he couldn't just pick one. So he went out and bought 39 more Christmas trees and gave one to all of these 40 families because he had a joy and he knew he needed to do this and he wanted to do that, to serve and to give to others. That's the thing. There's a joy that comes with giving in your heart. That study I mentioned earlier, the generosity paradox, they found that volunteering and giving contributions all increase people to be very happy. In fact, a different study done in 2000, that looked at 30,000 different households. And they found that there was about a 42% increase of those families who would say they are very happy if they gave. From giving to non-giving, that, that changes 42% of people saying that they're very happy. There's a happiness. God hardwired us that way. Professor um, Christine Carter, 
talks about this, and she says that there is a literal high, like a, like a drug-induced high, that comes when people give. We've studied the brain and we can see this. She says that the act of making a financial donation triggers the reward center in our brains that is responsible for dopamine-related euphoria. It's like getting high. Okay? I know some of you moved to Colorado maybe for different reasons. But the best way, this, this is a great way, if you give, there's literally something in your brain that God has hardwired into our anatomy that we can find joy and happiness in giving. It's amazing. It's amazing. God wants us to have joy. So that's the second reason to choose giving over getting. But here's the third one. Giving is trusting God. It's trusting God. Saying, God, you can provide. It's an element of our faith. In 2 Corinthians 9.8, we read that God can bless you with everything you need and you will always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. In this section on giving, Paul says, hey, God gives you your needs. He supplies your needs. He's not going to give you that big mansion or the Maserati, but he will give you what you need. So if you're willing to give, you're saying, I trust God to provide what I need. I'm going to trust God to provide what I need. He's not saying I need every penny you've ever made. I mean, he just says, give me a portion. Give me a portion. Uh, It's all mine anyways. Just give me back a portion. So that's trusting God. Did you know that Christians today give less per capita than Christians did during the Great Depression. During the Great Depression, they had nothing. And they still gave more than we do today. So, it's not because we don't have enough. Because we're not trusting God enough. And that's why giving is trusting God. We had a whole message this summer in our Get Wise series through the Proverbs on managing money. So, if, if you want to go back there and you're like, man, I'm struggling with that and all this stuff... Maybe it's time to get wise about your money, too. So you can go back and find that message. It's called Managing Money. Um, and that's a good way to learn how to do this because we can learn to live on a little less. We don't need that fancy, shiny thing. It's not about getting this holiday season. You don't need iPhone X. Right? There's these fancy things. We, we, let's, let's trust God with our giving. And this leads us into the fourth point, that giving is worship. It's part of our act of worship. That's why we include it every week. Because it's part of your giving. And we're going to collect an offering at the end of this message today. Because it's part of our worship to God. In Matthew six twenty one and 24, Jesus taught, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You cannot serve both God and money. That's the thing. When you're unwilling to give, when you're too tight with your own money, it, you're not worshiping God. Your heart is there. It becomes your God. It's like, this, it's all about my money, all I can get. And it can be so focused, and it can be the focus of your entire life. It's worship. You're worshiping your money. Let's worship God with our money instead. It's the fifth reason. Giving is an eternal investment. It's an eternal investment. You know, we are supposed to invest. We are supposed to save up money. We are supposed to even have money for an inheritance for our kids and grandkids. We, we talked about that in our Proverbs message. That's good to invest. You should be smart with your money. You should be putting stuff away in your 401k or however you have it set up. That's good. But the best investments we do are the ones that aren't just going to last for 30, 40, 50 years when we retire. They're the ones that will last into eternity. And giving away money, giving away time, that is what is going to have an eternal investment. David Green um, is the CEO of Hobby Lobby. He and his family own 100% of that company. And he's a Christian... And just a few years ago in Forbes magazine in 2012, 
he was number 79 on their list of richest Americans. Number 79 with a net worth of $4.5 billion. It's a lot of money. But he had given away, at that point, over $500 million. So this meant he had given over 20% of his net worth away. And he's very generous. And it's even more so today. I, I looked it up recently. Um, and in an interview in Forbes magazine, he said this, I want to know that I have affected people for eternity. I believe I am. I believe once someone knows Christ as their personal Savior, I've affected eternity. I matter 10 billion years from now. He says that because he's very careful on the charities he contributes to. He says there's a lot of good opportunities out there you can give, but I want to choose the ones that have an eternal impact, that save souls, that lead people into the kingdom of God and affect them for tens and thousands and millions and trillions of years. I want to have an eternal impact by my giving. And that's what he's shown an example of. It's the fifth reason. Giving is an eternal investment. And here's the sixth. Giving is initiated by God. This is why we should choose giving over giving, because giving is initiated by God. He gave first. He doesn't say, give me and then I'll show you if I have some blessing for you. No, he gave first. He created the universe. He made it good. He gave us many good things. And then on top of that, he sent his own son. And that's what we celebrate the beginning of that at Christmas every year. We think of God giving his own son and sending his son who, who lived in heaven with him. It was all perfect. And then this son came as a tiny infant. There were no, you know, it was not a royal birth either. It was not announced by trumpets. It was in a manger. It was dirty where the animals were. There wasn't even room for him inside. He was outside and he was born in a humiliating way. And then this boy Jesus grew up and he gave his life away to others, to serve others, to, to love people who would reject him. And then he gave his entire life for us, suffering a criminal's death on a cross to offer us forgiveness and eternal life. God wants us to give, and he initiates that giving first. He says, I'm giving everything. I'm giving my son Jesus, and he is going to give his life for you. He says, I want you to do likewise, to be like my son Jesus, and give your life, give your time, give your money to others, to be generous. I'll initiate it. There was a family in Georgia a few years ago, this couple, and they were out um, getting something to eat and they, their waitress came by and she started talking to them. It was around the holidays and she was telling them all about her four-year-old daughter that year. She was a single mom. And when she left, she came back and the, the couple had left a $200 tip on a $4.27 bill. $200 tip. And she said, I can't take this. I can't take this. This is just way too much. This is way too big of a tip. And they said, no, no, no. We want you to have it. We want you to have it. He said, but you have to promise us something. We want you to go take that money and buy your daughter a really big gift. Really good gift. But you can't tell her it's from Santa. You have to say it's from Jesus. This couple was saying, I'm going to look at the initiation of love and the initiation of giving that God did for us. And I'm going to do the same for you. That's why we choose giving over getting. Choose giving over getting. You'll get more than you ever gave. B.C. Forbes, the journalist and founder of Forbes magazine, said this, Christmas is a tonic for our souls. It moves us to think of others rather 
than of ourselves. It directs our thoughts to giving. Christmas is this time where we say, we're going to change our mindset. We're going to change that, this focus on the season of getting. No, no, no. It's the season of giving. It's what can I give away? What can I do for others? And what's amazing about it is that as you give yourself, as you give your money away, you'll get more than you ever gave. That's the amazing thing that comes with giving. So we're going to have the, the band come up, and we are going to collect our offering. But I'm going to do something a little different right now. We're going to take just a moment... And I want you to think carefully and prayerfully about what God is calling you to give. What God is calling you to give. And I'm going to want you to have your paper, if you have your bulletin in front of you, or you can take out your smartphone and do it. And I want you to write down a number. Now, some of you will need to go home and ask your spouse if if you can give that much. And if you and your spouse are here, go with the bigger number. I'm kidding. You You can discuss between yourselves. But I want you to write something down. And I don't care if you give here. I mean, I do. We, we could use your gift. We're entirely run by your donations. You know, we, we exist today and we continue to help people follow Jesus because of what you give. So we do ask that you guys would consider us in a donation, but I don't care if you want to give somewhere else. If you don't trust me, if you don't like church, you're not a Christian, just give somewhere else. But I want you to respond to the generosity of God today. I want you to choose giving over getting because you'll end up getting more than you ever gave. So I want you to think about what you're challenged to give this holiday season. It could be a Christmas gift, a year-end gift that you can make. Um, Our Forward Faster campaign is closing up, but I want you to think about it. And you know the amazing thing? I was really challenged a couple weeks ago by our youth group. Turbulence on Wednesday nights for our student ministry has been collecting an offering for Beth Ann Erickson, uh, our missionary that we've sent in support in Estonia. They were trying to reach $2,000. Well, a few weeks ago, they were about $150 short of that goal. So Bill, our, our youth director, our student ministry director, he was so excited about this. He said, I think we can get it next week. So he just was kind of joking with one of the students and said, um, if you give half of that $150, I'll give the other half. And this teenager said, okay. And Bill was like, oh, I was just joking, I was just joking. But Bill was challenged too, so he was like, time to write a check. So the next week he comes back, and that student had brought the half of that $150. And what's amazing is that a whole bunch of students brought money too because they wanted to get to that goal. And, and one teenager came in and had, had a jar that she'd saved up with coins and, and dollar bills, saving up for a long time for something special. Decided to give that away. And I'm challenged by that and I hope that you are as well. Because what those students experienced is the joy, the happiness, the blessing, the reward that comes with giving. When you choose giving over getting, you'll get more than you ever give. Let's pray. Lord, right now, as we're um, thinking about and considering how much we should give, or who should we, we should give to, would you just speak to our hearts? It's between us and you. It's about you. This season isn't about what gifts we can get, but it's about what we can give. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts right now with a number. And Lord, as we're writing that down, I I pray, Lord, that you'd also um, just help this not just become a one-time thing, but become part of our life, and we would gain so much more through it. That we would become giving, generous people all the time, because you are our giving and generous God, sending your own Son to die on the cross, purchase our salvation and eternal life. Thank you for that. And, And right now we turn to you, 
And this offering, would you just use it to bless and honor your name? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.